Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans around the world, we are back after a long break, but a break that was much needed for my co-host to bring you some more good old-fashioned run-the-point sports talk. In case you have forgotten, I'm Rob, and on the other side is Aaron. What's up, Aaron? What's going on, Rob? Hey, man, I'm ready to talk about all these things, or at least as much as we can in, in about an hour's time that has happened in sports over the last month or so. Uh, so without further ado, let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's go ahead and get uh, the, the great American, or perhaps Canadian, or international sport of hockey out of the way. Uh, the NHL Finals has come and gone. Uh, the Washington Capitals have won for the first time ever. And on the other side of the, of the ice, of the puck, of the, of the center of the ice was the Las Vegas Knights, an expansion team who, for all intents and purposes, shocked the sports world by making it so far. Initial thoughts on the uh, NHL Finals, Aaron? I will say this. I was very surprised uh, off of what happened. Um, so big shout-out to the Washington Capitals for breaking the D.C. curse. I honestly thought Vegas was going to take it, um, but you know I was happy to see Vetchkin, uh, you know, get him a, a Stanley Cup. The guys worked really hard. Uh, it's kind of done it the right way and stuck stuck around in in uh, Washington through the tough times and led the way. So hey, hats off to them. Uh, I definitely thought Vegas was taking it because they looked like the best team uh, on ice all year. So, but the one thing I will say, the key highlight was. I went to a Capitals versus Sharks game, San Jose Sharks, um, back in, like, February, March time frame. Um, So, at least I got to say, you know, the Sharks lost. So, at least the key highlight was I got to say I got to saw the, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup champs that year. So, hey, (laughs) highlight of my hockey uh, career so far. (laughs) Now, you mentioned the the D.C. curse. for people who don't realize the implications of that, uh, and for, for us having grown up in, in uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia, where, uh, you know, the, the closest sports teams were D.C. sports teams. Uh, neither of us are really D.C. sports fans, per se, but I'm sure many of our friends are. Uh, shed some light onto that D.C. curse. When was the last time a, a D.C. area team won a championship? Was it the, the Redskins in, like, the 70s? It was. So the last time any D.C. Uh, sports championships happened was the last time the Redskins won the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm pulling it up right now. Let's, that was 1992 when the Redskins beat the Buffalo Bills 37-24. to Um and that was the last time the D.C. witnessed a sports championship. I, I, I stand corrected. I forgot about 1992. I apologize to all the D.C. sports fans out there. You can go ahead and make fun of my Sacramento Kings all you want now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was, so for, for hockey, uh, you know, I, I'll admit I'm not the, the biggest follower of hockey. It's probably number three on my, uh, you know, sports list. Uh, I'm sorry, number four on my sports list. 
Um, but to have a team win its first Stanley Cup and the losing and opposing team be an expansion team, that's that's got to uh, foreshadow a lot of positive and exciting things for for the future of the of the NHL. So that's no, that's good to see as as a sports fan. Uh, I kind of want to segue yeah. from that into the fact that, of course, Vegas is bringing in the Raiders, and we all know about sports betting and just just the you know, the, the culture of Vegas in general. Uh, Aaron, do you see Vegas becoming the next sports hotbed in 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 the U.S. of A.? So I think so. And so one of the things is one shout out to the Vegas Knights because they are out of all major sports the first expansion team out of every major sport to make it to a championship round in their inaugural season. So shout out to them. Um, But yes, Vegas is now going to become the new Mecca of the sports world. Um, And that's just solely because one, uh, Nevada, no state tax. So you can get paid, my friend. Uh, And You know, and again, it's just with the sports betting, it's with everything else that's out there. It is, you know, that is, you know, a major deal for them. So, so I I I agree a hundred percent. I've got a couple of friends in Vegas, and I myself am looking into purchasing season tickets to the Raiders. Uh, I may only make a game a year, who knows? But I'm going to tell you one main reason why I see that as an investment because. Going off of what you just said, Aaron, Vegas is going to be a huge, a huge destination for for away team fans. So if if if, if my if my favorite team is playing Vegas, uh, and you know I, I I'm looking for for one away game to go to a season, that's probably going to be pretty high in my list, wouldn't you say? Mhm. Oh yeah, I mean, cause so for me, being a fan of the Pats. You know, we don't, they don't get much West Coast love. You know, usually as far west as they come is Denver. Um, so now with, you know, them being in the same conference as the Raiders, you know, maybe we could get some, you know, a little more love. And from, uh, from where I'm at to Vegas, it's nothing, you know, that's a, that's a easy little car trip, load up the car on Friday after work, get into Vegas midnight, crash, and, uh, you know, do the same thing on the way back. So, you know, it's definitely easy. It makes it, you know, a little bit more accessible for us West Coast fans, but also for anyone. It's just kind of like who's going to pass us that chance to go to Vegas. So, Yeah, I mean, Vegas is on is on the verge of some, some serious stuff as far as uh, the whole sports world goes. And I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, the Raiders' new stadium is obviously going to be state-of-the-art. Uh, and you know, I've I've visited Vegas a, a few times in the last few years, and there's a outside of the of the strip, you know, the casinos. Uh, there, there's more to it than just a whole bunch of desert. I mean, Vegas is Vegas is a pretty pretty uh, diverse city and destination with a whole lot to offer. So, I mean, it's this is gonna this is gonna be some interesting uh, developments in the next few years for sure. Um, before we get into LeBron James. Let's just give a give a quick take on what we thought of the the NBA finals. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> I got something for you. I got Go ahead, go ahead. 
Oh, you hear that? Can you hear it? <laughs> I think that's the sound of a broom, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, well, that's that champagne. It was oh, like champagne. Oh, champagne. Out here well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors and everybody who resides in, in the Bay Area and everyone who was a Golden State Warriors fan when the Trell Sprewell was playing for them. Shout out to you people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, in all reality, I, you know, shout out to, to the Warriors for bringing it back to the Bay, uh, making it a fun, uh, you know, weekend. But, I mean, it's what we all knew was going to happen, right, at the end of the day. Um, so, it's, for me, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of boring, um, so to speak. So, game one, you know, we had the JR debacle, which was probably like the highlight of the series, um, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, LeBron dropping 50, you know, triple-double, and – you know, George Hill, not Mr. Clutch, you know, booty hole got tight, missed the free throw. JR grabs the rebound and anything is possible when JR gets the ball. Um, <laughs> chokes, they go to overtime. LeBron gives up, punches the whiteboard and, you know, breaks his hand, quote unquote, uh, air quotes over breaks hand. Um <laughs> Game two, Steph goes off. Game three, KD goes off. Game four, you know it's over. Heart's broken. Spirit broken. Um, you know, bust out the brooms. There's, you know, popping champagne in the visitor locker room. So, um, to me, I, you know, what I make of that whole series is the Warriors are who we think they are, and the Cavs are exactly who we think they are. Um, and this series, to me, as a non-LeBron fan, as you know, what I would be considered a hater, um, proves everything to me that I need to know about LeBron. He's a quitter, um, you know, and and that's the reason of why I can't put him in that category next to MJ. Um, to me, the his reaction after Game One. Um, as the leader of the team, when you see him just sit on the bench and, you know, look at Ty Lue, don't even say anything to JR, just sit next to JR. And it's just like, not even, it's all right, man, I got it. No, no, nothing. Like, look at the way he reacted in that moment and go back and look at Brady down 28 to three in the Super Bowl and look at him, what he's doing to his teammates, the cheering. Let's go. They're just give me the ball. Get a stop defense. I got it. I'm, I'm putting it on. I got it. I'm taking over. I'm Tommy. Um, and you and you just didn't see it from LeBron. He doesn't have that killer instinct. You know, he doesn't have that that mentality. Um, Everyone's like, oh well, you know, look at you know, look what he did against the Raptors. Okay, it's the Raptors. All right, they are who we we all know who they are. You know, so. <laughs> This kind of all this whole entire final series, it to me, it just it proves to me everything I needed to know about the NBA and about the season. It doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. Don't matter what happens, you know, at all. To me, it's like when it's crunch time, you know, you can't bet against the Warriors. Um, 
and you know they're the best team in the NBA, and they've proved it two years in a row. Um, only they can stop themselves, and you know LeBron has a lot of work to do. Um, he puts up great stats. He's a great athlete. He's the best player in the game right now. But you know, we put him up for all-time greats. You know, I, he just lacks the leadership um, to me that is determining from the meltdown against the Mavs, you know, to this meltdown now, um, to getting swept, you know, previously. It's like, you know, it's the biggest stage, the brightest lights. You're the best. Um, this is your time to shine. Um, there's no excuses. There's no nothing. No one wants to hear, oh, I broke my hand, but yet there's video of you doing push-ups, giving your son handshakes with a hand that's supposedly broken, um, all of these things. So, you know, that to me just kind of cements him in my legacy of like, all right, you can't be better than MJ. You can't be better than Kobe, um, you know, in my, in my mentality. Now you mentioned uh, the uh, you know, poor reaction by LeBron uh, after that game, which I agree with. Uh, you also mentioned – that of Tyron Lu as well. Did you happen to, to – I, I hope that you did. Uh, did you happen to see Tyron Lue's post-game press conference after that game one loss? I mean, this guy, I this guy was blaming the rest. This guy was blaming the rest. This guy was blaming uh, everybody under the sun. I mean, the, the Cavs – I mean, he might as well have just gotten crossed up by AI and, and stepped over. I mean, that, that would have been a better scenario, but – the, the Cavs were deflated after that game one loss um, for, all the way to the top from, from LeBron and Tyron Lue, the, t- the, the main two guys who you have to turn to in times of distress and times of tribulation. And they, they I agree, they, they let the team down. It was with their body language. It was with their, their actions, uh, all of that. And it, it's, it made for, for a bad series. It made for an uninteresting series. Um, and it's, it was just bad for basketball. Uh, but sure, they are who we thought they were. Um, I, I, and I just, you, you gotta. I really appreciated your reference to Brady because, I mean, you're talking about polar opposites. You're talking about two completely different ways of handling such situations. And um, LeBron didn't have it. LeBron hasn't had it. Tyron Lue. I mean, whether or not he deserves to be coach of the Cavaliers is a whole other story, but uh, he, he clearly doesn't have it. And, I mean, the Warriors are just chumming along – ch- sorry, churning along, right? Everything's fun. They're they're playing, you know, selfless, positionless basketball more or less, and they're just – they're just playing like the great team that everyone knows and expected them to be. Uh, couldn't have been two different two different scenarios on uh, each side of the, of the ball there. And there's – no, it's just just upsetting as a basketball fan. Uh, so where, where does what does the NBA go from here? Because you, know, you mentioned the whole thing about okay, LeBron and and the Raptors, but yeah, the Raptors were who we thought they were. Uh, Cleveland struggled in all the series up to the NBA Finals, and they could have easily lost to Toronto or or even even the Pacers. Um, now I don't know that the at the East is going to change significantly next season. Are we going to sit here and say that Golden State is going to going to keep winning and winning and winning until one of those one of those top four guys decides to leave, or 
or, or a significant injury happens, which nobody hopes for. Um, but I, I don't see anybody on the on the Eastern Conference challenging them, e- even 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 Boston. I, I know we talked a lot about Boston throughout the season and nah, you know, their potential to make a run. See, that's but where go ahead. that go, to me. Is, go ahead, go ahead and talk about Boston. Go ahead. See, that to me is that is the antidote to the Warriors. So here's the thing about Boston that I love about Boston is Boston is young. I mean, they are young. They got, I think, what's his name? I think um, it was either Jalen Brown or, or Terry Rozier or or one of them. One of their guys was like the youngest guy ever in NBA history to lead his team in scoring in the NBA playoffs. Like that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Rozier. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Rozier. But go ahead. And so, for me, like they have the antidote because they can switch. I mean, and they can switch one through five, all, you know, whoever. Um, And so that to me is, you know, that's the antidote. That's the, you know, that's the, you know, the shoot. They have the shooting. Um, with Kyrie and with Hayward, um, you know, they got the perimeter shooting, the outside shooting to, uh, you know, create. So Boston, a, a fully healthy Boston team, you know, I, I would still take Golden State in like six or seven, but, I mean, they that's going to be a fight. Like, that was why I and wanted that, to see and, it. And bro, because, that's, all, that's all it comes down to, though. I agree. It would yeah. be a great series. Boston, be a great series. Yeah, Boston is going to, I mean, they are going to make Golden State earn everything. I mean, and they I will. say everything. And I they mean, will. Everything. Yeah, and that's the thing about Boston is they just have that. So when I look at the Raptors, right, so the Raptors, it was almost like, you know, when you – to take it back to, you know, to, to make a boxing comparison. So some of, like, Tyson's fights before he fought Buster Douglas and, and – um, you know, it was one of those things to where, like, Tyson would just walk in the ring and, you know, you were already scared. So it didn't really matter what happened because it was like he just hit you one time and he was going to fall because you were just scared of Mike to begin with. Um, and that's how, like, the Raptors are with LeBron. Like, they can just – LeBron can come out and just drop 30 and a half or 30 and a quarter, and that's it. It's game. They can coast, but they're just – that one little punch, that's all it's going to take to knock the Raptors out because they just don't have that heart where Boston is, Boston's just going to fight and claw and fight and claw and fight and claw, and you're just going to continue to earn it. It don't matter if you're up 15. You're still going to earn every jumper you take. You're still no, no easy buckets. Um, and so that's to me, is just the biggest difference, and I think Boston would just really cause problems. I mean, ultimately, I think Golden State would win, but, I mean, it's not going to be – there's not going to be a cakewalk like this game was to where it's kind of like – you look at it come third quarter, and you're just like, all right, here comes that Golden State third quarter, and yet it's officially over. I can go to bed now. Like, <laughs> not coming back. <laughs> well, that's what um, people on the East Coast feel. Oh, it's almost midnight. All right, yeah. this game's over. I'm going to bed. No, but So I, I agree. I agree that Boston and Golden State, when healthy, will make a phenomenal series. But you and I also both agree that Golden State would ultimately win. So no matter how stiff the competition on the other side, the results will probably most likely 
still be the same. That, and and that's, that's all it comes down to. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit with you about, uh, you mentioned George Hill not being clutch with that free throw game one. First of all, if you expect George Hill to be clutch, you better, you better reevaluate your, 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 you know, your, your sports uh, fanhood there. Um, but there was all that, all that roster turnaround in Cleveland and they, they lacked, they lacked, uh, you know, the whole clutch gene, they, they lacked quality veterans. I'm not even going to include George Hill. Uh, they, they, they lacked playoff experience. Um, they lacked experience in general. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that team even got that far. That obviously speaks volumes about the, the weakness of the Eastern Conference, but man, that was probably the, the worst NBA Finals team from top to bottom that I've seen probably since I don't know. The first time LeBron went with Cleveland, I don't know. Can you fill in the gap there? What's what's the what's what is the worst hey, final scene we've seen in the last decade? Well, I mean, the what? last ten years, but I mean, it wouldn't be ten years. But when Iverson took uh, that Sixers team to the finals, I mean, you got Eric Snow and Dikembe Mutombo. Like, oh man, and- don't, don't forget about. I've already got Todd McCullough and Derek Coleman. Don't leave those guys out. Yeah. Well, Aaron McKee. So, Aaron McKee, sixth man of the year, bro. Aaron, Aaron McKee, McKee, sixth man yeah, of the year. Aaron McKee? Come <laughs> on, bro. I don't know, uh, man. I mean, they no, got but, a gentleman's yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they got a gentleman's sweep. I mean, they, you know, Iverson went off in that game, obviously. You know, the Ty Lue step over, you know, was the big key and all that stuff and that. But, I mean, that's up there. I mean, I don't know. If, I, that, to me, is probably the worst finals team. I mean, you know, this Cavs team was pretty bad. But I, for me, was that Sixers team was the same Sixers team throughout the year. And so, you know, with this, you know, Cavs team, we only saw them halfway through a year, right? So maybe if they – you know, had a little bit. I mean, but if you come on, if, if you parent compare J.R. Smith to Aaron McKee, yeah, okay, J.R. You know, Kyle Korver <laughs> to you know, some of, I, the Cavs team was better. Um, you know, Tristan Thompson, Dikembe Mutombo. Okay, I, we give the nod to Dikembe, but also Dikembe Mutombo was on the decline. That's not the same Mutombo that was you know out there with the Hawks, you know, blocking shots and stuff. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, but I also, to me, it's like, I, to me, you can't say, oh, this casting was bad because at the same time, they also made the NBA Finals, and at the same time, this is the team that LeBron wanted, right? Like, he was the sure. one that caused his whole roster blow up. So, for me, it's kind of like, don't why? sit here and say, yeah. I mean, that to me was like, he chose to do this. He was the one that you can't tell me that, you know, Oh, he had nothing to do. This was all Ty Lue and the GM. No, I, I don't believe it. Won't believe it um, to this day. So at the same time, it's like you put yourself in this position. You're the one that said, "Okay, you know, this is the squad I want. This is the squad we need to go. You know, to win it all." And I'm just kind of like, "Okay." I, I mean, yeah, LeBron, I, I, I don't, Kevin Love. I, I don't. I don't get it. Like, you know, why? Why? That that team is not good. Why would why would why would LeBron or or even the Cavs front office think that that team would be a, a championship caliber team? I 
I don't, I don't get it. Do, do you think it was a? I, mean, I kind of think it's a big, LeBron it's a big joke. I kind of think it's a joke. I think LeBron was like, yeah, just, just bring me, bring me a bunch of, bring me a bunch of bums, and I'll just take care of business on my own. Because look at me, I'm gonna yeah. stick out my chest, and you know, I'm LeBron. I can win with anybody. I, I feel like it's a big exactly. joke. I feel, I feel like it's a big joke. And, and my thing is, is for, the, for the people, I'm like, keep that same energy because that Sunday game where they went to Boston, the same team, and they got hot and they won those little two games. They won some game. That first game, they blew some squad out, and then they went to Boston right before the All-Star break uh, or right after the All-Star break and blew out Boston in Boston. Everyone's like, oh, this is the bronze squad. They winning the title, died and out of die. And then all of a sudden what happened? Now, all of a sudden, when they get swept, now, well, I mean, you know, but, you know, JR, and I was like, no, keep that same energy because he was talking that talk in February when his trade happened and in March. And then all of a sudden, it was kind of like Indy. He was like, ah, okay. You heard the rumors. Then, then Toronto series, they came back. LeBron said, oh, my God, look at him swept. You hit the little ugly game winning shot off the backboard, and everyone's like, oh, LeBron to go. All this stuff came back, you know, took Boston to seven, won in Boston, all this stuff. So it's like, I can't stand, I, I need the same energy. Keep that same energy. That's, that's, yep. that's my, I, 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 I agree. Forward, man. Keep that same energy. <laughs> and j- just to, just to circle back, um, it's much more a byproduct of the weakness of the Eastern Conference than, you know, the, the strength of the Cleveland Cavaliers team. Uh, it, itself. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. But I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we can both agree that uh, the the Cavs are trash and the Warriors are champions. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of going forward, you know, the big, you know, it's that time of year. I actually think what we got 14 weeks to the official start of the off season. So, you know, your predictions on on where you think. LeBron's going. Is he opting out? He's opting in. Uh, he's, you know, he's going, you know, Cavs pull off some crazy signing trade. You know, what do you think is happening? So, uh, I, I think that LeBron can't leave with this sour taste in his mouth. I think LeBron can't leave with how poorly things ended. I think LeBron can't leave quite yet with just how bad the team performed and how, you know, disorganized and uncoordinated uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers looked against the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they, they looked dumbfounded, lost, confused. Like, yeah, basketball's round, but they probably felt like it was square. Who knows? I, I think if we're going to talk about LeBron's legacy, I want to. Now, who knows what's going to happen, so I'll, I'll – I'll say that my, my want is the same as what I think, just for argument's sake. I want to see him stay one more year, and, the, and both he and the Cavs realize, oh, we messed up with this roster we built. You know, we kind of got to turn things around. And I, rather than him joining a superstar or two somewhere else, I want to see Cleveland bring in a superstar or two and see what LeBron can do with a much better team around him and if he fails yet again with a better team, then yeah, he's 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 gone after next year. But I just I just think that he can't leave Cleveland knowing uh, the bad position that most likely he himself put them in, 
and just how poorly they performed. That's that's my initial thought on that. But go go ahead and go ahead and tell me a new one, bro. Go ahead. Hey, Brian, go on, bro. I'm telling you right now, he out. <laughs> Jr. When Jr. grabbed that rebound and ran out to the three point line, damn near half court, and LeBron pissed. Like, what are you doing? Go to find out. Look at Ty Lue. We got a timeout. Ty Lue's like, yeah, we had a timeout. And then you see LeBron throw his little temper tantrum. That's it. He gone. That's, that's all you need to At that moment, that was, uh, hey, Savannah, pack my bags, load it up. We gone. We out. I brought the championship back to Cleveland. Thank you, Kyrie, for hitting the game winner. Um, and we out. Hey, that's, it is what it is, man. I mean, he is not loyal. He's all about chasing rings. He's all about, you know, himself. So, at the end of the day, to me, it's kind of like he's gone. Um, I, there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. He's out. He's gone. Hey, holla at me. I'll see you in Cleveland two games a year uh, or once a year when he go play for L.A. Uh, and they make their yearly trip out to the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I after le- after having left Cleveland once, I just I don't think he can walk away with how bad things ended this season. That's 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 my main that's my main uh, you know attachment to to him him staying. I just I don't even want to get into the whole big three thing. And yeah, KD went to the Warriors, and you know he, he was criticized by by most. And so you know if LeBron does the same thing, people might might feel the same way. For me, it's just. But they can't bring in anyone else. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but the thing about this, right? So, right now, if everyone comes back who's under contract and, you know, LeBron option, they pick up the team option, stuff like that. LeBron's making $35 million. K-Love making 24 George Hill. George Hill, $19 million. Tristan Thompson, $17 million. J.R. Smith, $14 million. Jordan Clarkson. $12 million. Kyle Corver, $7 million. Wait, you, you got to cut Sadie O. I mean, who's picking up these contracts? Because you can't, I mean, you can drop them, but you still owe them. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's paying, I mean, who's tr- paying J.R. Smith $14 million? Who's paying Tristan tr- Stranger. $17 million? George Stranger things have happened in the NBA, my friend. Stranger things have happened in the NBA, my friend. And uh, you and I were talking earlier about a couple of teams who are notorious for such bonehead moves. And uh, oddly enough, the two teams on, on, in my neck of the woods, the uh, Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Uh, but there, there are so many variables when it comes to, to NBA draft picks and NBA contracts and, and the salary cap and the luxury tax. And I, you see, you see, Boneheaded moves all the time. Um, even if Cleveland can unload one or two of those guys uh, and just bring in some some moderately significant talent, anybody better than Jordan Clarkson, you know, I would just like to see what would happen with the Cleveland roster with a couple of tweaks yeah. and see. Go ahead. I I I get it now. Next year. How much did I say George Hill making? Nineteen million? 
Like, which, 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 which unfortunately is the fault of my beloved favorite team, the Sacramento Kings, because they gave him that contract. So thank you, Kings. Goodbye. Go ahead. Next year, George Hill is making more money than Clay Thompson. He'll be making more money than Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Bro, you telling me ain't no that's way terrible. George Hill. That's terrible. That's, that's terrible. So, okay, so 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 maybe George Hill isn't the one that goes, but somebody else. You could get rid of one, two of those bad contracts, and a lot of things can happen. So, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I just. Mean, I wouldn't just be quick to say that. Oh, just because Cleveland has a lot of bad contracts with these aging veterans, or not that Clarkson's a, a veteran, or some other examples, but just because they have some bad contracts, doesn't mean they doesn't mean that they can't work some magic with a with a, another organization. We, we've I, seen it. We've seen it before. I, I'm not saying that they can't work some magic. What I'm saying is, is that certain, like, teams aren't, like, the Spurs, right? The Spurs aren't picking up these contracts, right? So you can't trade, put a package together to where you're packaging up a George Hill, a Tristan Thompson, and, like, a J.R. Smith in return for Kawhi. Because it's kind of like, no, no, why of would not. the Spurs of pick not. up? So, the, so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, yeah, there are a lot of bad contracts, but the contracts are so bad that they're, you know, they're top-level contracts, right? So, I mean, they're making more money than, you know, some of the best players in the NBA. So it's kind of like, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of – so you're going to have to throw in a George Hill and then a, a steady Omen and a, um, you know, a Larry Nance Jr. and hopefully get um, – you know, maybe a, a Ryan Anderson, you know, kind of a deal. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, is that, you know, because of, again, GM LeBron, who's gotten Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith paid, um, you know, he's part of the problem too, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, hey, back out of this, let these guys go. And, um, but I mean, so for me, it's, it's kind of like, there's a lot of work that they would have to do. I mean, to get something in Cleveland. Um, I, I, I understand all your points. I understand what I'll you're saying. It, and it, it will, it, it will be very tough, but the basketball fan in me wants to believe that LeBron has enough pride to stick around one more year and with a little bit better talent, make another run for the land. That's it. Yeah, that's he it. wasn't. Even, he didn't have enough pride to make a stand on his home court in a game four elimination game. Didn't have enough pride. His pride went out the window when he, you know, <laughs> when he came out, when he came out with the with the hand brace. He was like, "Oh yeah, I broke my hand because I punched the whiteboard." Bro, bro, you the uh, best I'm gonna, I'm gonna in say. the NBA. <laughs> lose so all much I'm gonna say is, that man. No, no, no. All I'm gonna say is. People change. People change every day for the better. And why can't LeBron James? Can we talk about some baseball, please? <laughs> hey, well, come oh, forever. Man. Who's in first oh, place, my baby? Goodness. Hey, and so, he's baby. So, uh, I, told, I told you. What did I tell you at the beginning so we're, of the year? Right? We're, we're going we're to welcome in uh, a friend of the podcast, Tim, who is probably the, the – 
biggest uh, Atlanta Braves fan I know outside of Aaron over here who thinks the Braves went to Wakanda somewhere during the season. Uh, Tim, welcome. Tell us all about the Atlanta Braves. Please, how are they in first place? Hey, Hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. Listen, first of all, Aaron, the first time I was on here, I did nothing but make fun of you about this Wakanda stuff. But I think you got something, brother. I think think you you got something, man. Because, listen, we we are – a year or two away from being this good, I'm going to be real with you. We're, uh, all of our young talent is playing lights out at at a level that they shouldn't be quite yet. So this Wakanda trip that we made, Aaron, whatever directions we got, I did that in my life. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I love it, man. Hey, I um, I I did not expect it. Like I said at the beginning of the year, joking around, they was going to Wakanda. Um, but they had a lot of young talent. And I knew they had a lot of young talent. I was like, hey, man, give it a couple of years. But, hey, they is like, I don't know what it is. Hey, they own one. I, they is just playing like no other. And I'm just like, hey, hats off to them. They're making me proud, making me look back. You know, I was like, man, he's like, is that the 90s? Is that, is that, Andre, is that Andrew Jones out there? Yeah, man, we look, we look like the Braves from the 90s. I'm looking for Chipper Jones out there. Oh, my goodness. But, listen, our young pitching right now is so good. Uh, Newcomb is pitching lights out. Fulton Nawich, even though he's injured. Um, Aaron, I don't even think you can say his name if you read it on paper. But – Nah, I had I had I had to struggle <laughs> with it too. But look, they're both pitching lights out right now. And typically, look, I'm not one of those fans that jump on the bandwagon of my favorite team and be like, "We're the best team in baseball." Obviously, I want to win. I want to do great things. I want to see my team in the playoffs. I want to see my team in the World Series. I love baseball. However, typically, when your young pitching starts out hot like this. Right after the All-Star break, people start getting a little more scouting time, a little bit more time to see these young kids, and you start seeing ERAs go up and things like that. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I think Newcomb's really, really, really good. We've held on to him for a little while now. Um, Albus is hitting for power. Or Albies is hitting for power. Nick Markakis is like – y'all ever watch WWF wrestling back in the day? Absolutely. Yeah. You remember DX, right? Yeah. Did y'all remember that Ravishing Rick Rude was one of the first members of DX? Did y'all know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Just like you wouldn't know, know that, that Nick Markakis. <laughs> just like you wouldn't know that Nick Markakis is in the top ten as far as average in, in RBIs go in Major League Baseball. But you know what? He's there. Nobody's gonna remember him, but he's there. He's solid, just like Rick Rude in DX. Nobody remembers him. But he was there. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I, I, I agree with everything you said about the Braves. Uh, for a young team like this to be as successful as they have been this late in the season, you have to get production from. For, for, forget, forget the whole youth aspect. You've got to have solid production from your rotation, uh, and then of course you've got to have uh, your young guys step up, and you know, you've got to have. Uh, low ERA, high batting average. You got to have a couple of surprise stars. And Nick Markakis, man, this, he's uh, he's definitely surprised me. 
Listen, listen. I, I I believe we have we have first of all we have one of the best farm systems in baseball. If I'm the Braves general manager right now, the Orioles are so bad, and Manny Machado is not coming back to Baltimore. I'm saying that right now. First of all, it's my son's favorite player. Maybe I have a little bit of a uh, a plan here to get my son to like the Braves and not the Orioles. But dag on it, go get Manny Machado. And put him at third base. I guarantee if we make the playoffs, he resigns next year. He's an Atlanta Brave for the next five to eight years. And that's a building block that we can build with these young guys. Go get Manny Machado. Make a splash. That's actually a very yeah. intriguing option. And uh, with the strength of the Braves farm system, and I would assume all the salary cap money they have. Well, actually, forget it. Baseball is no such thing as a salary cap, but whatever. That's Ben, I, I actually like that a lot. I'd never ever considered that, but that's that makes a whole lot of sense, man. Manny Machado to the I Braves. Mean, listen, you heard it here first. Exactly, you heard it here first. Manny Machado's in the top ten of OPS. He's uh, one of the leaders in the American League in driving runs in, and he's doing this on a team that is not hitting the ball at all. Right, Chris Davis is. I don't know what he's even using his steroids for anymore. Um, nobody else on that team is hitting the ball, and he's still driving runs in. I feel like they're just grabbing fans and putting them on the base and letting Manny Machado get RBIs that way because nobody hey, in the hey, Orioles hey. uniform is getting on base. I was just in Baltimore this past Saturday, and I went to the, I went I to a game, uh, and Machado had a great game, but that's not what I want to discuss. Chris Davis is so bad that there is apparently a local bar in Baltimore that is giving away free shots every time he gets a hit. Free shots for every hit. That bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, listen, I hope you don't want to get drunk in Baltimore because if that's your plan to get drunk off Chris Davis' hits, you're going to be sober for a long time. (laughs) True that, man. True that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hey, why don't we we go through uh, all the first-place teams? Obviously, we already discussed Atlanta. And I just want to do a little round-robin thing. Um, if, if we're surprised they're there or if, we're, if we expected them to be there, and just a quick, quick, little, quick little tidbit as to why. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's, let's start with the American League East uh, with, the, with the New York Yankees. Uh, I'll, I'll go last year because I'm probably not going to say anything, <laughs> anything about them more than what you guys are. But, Aaron, are you surprised that the New York Yankees are here? Are you not surprised, and why? Uh, definitely not surprised they're there, for obvious reasons, with their off-season acquisition um, and the coming on of Mr. Judge last year. So, yeah, definitely not surprised at all. Um, do I expect them to stay there? No. Go Boston. Fantastic. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, listen, you, you can't be surprised at these guys. The pitching is a little better than than I thought it was going to be. And uh, they're on pace to hit the most home runs in a single season as a ball club since, like, 1930-something. Last time I checked, it's it's insane the way they're hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So you can't be surprised. Uh, of course, I'm not surprised. I'm glad you mentioned the hitting because I want to reference the, the bullpen, which was – um, a strength of theirs to begin with, but I didn't expect the bullpen to be this strong. I read an article, and I apologize, um, the reference is eluding me, but uh, they, the opposing batting average against the New York Yankees bullpen is the third lowest since 1920 of any team, 
and they are striking guys out at a rate that is the highest ever in the history of baseball. So not only is it, has the, the strength remained a strength, it's remained a strength at a very, very historic level. So go Yankees. Uh, Cleveland Indians in the AL Central. Uh, Aaron, you surprised at the Indians being there? Um, I do. I don't remember who I picked at the beginning of the year, and I don't think it was them. So I guess I can say I'm surprised, but not really. Um, but I also hate Cleveland, and since the LeBron lost his tears and his bad karma will roll over to the Indians, so Detroit's going uh, to win first place. All right. Detroit, Aaron, that was an interesting, uh, interesting choice for the Detroit Tigers, but anything possible. Uh, Tim, uh, Cleveland Indians, are they staying or going? Uh, I mean, come on. They, they got to stay, right? They're, they've been consistently in this American League race for the last three years, okay? They're getting to the point where I'm going to bring back wrestling. It's like John Cena. Nobody wants to see him anymore, but he's always going to be at the top. Okay, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm not surprised Cleveland's there. I picked them early in the season, and my main point for that still stands today is that this division is just very very weak, and Cleveland's a, a good team to begin with. And you add in the other four teams being subpar, uh, it's, it's a remedy for success. The uh, Houston Astros. <laughs> Uh, who have the largest point differential, or sorry, I apologize, largest run differential of any team in Major League Baseball are sitting atop the AL West. Is anybody going to replace them? Perhaps the uh, second-place Seattle Mariners? Aaron, what do you think? No. Uh, Houston Strong, Harvey Strong, uh, J.J. Watt, good positive vibes in doing or rubbing off on the entire city. Uh, So Houston stays in first place. All right, Tim. Yeah, listen, man. The thing that that uh, that that Houston pitching staff is doing is incredible. Um, I, I don't think that anybody. Seattle doesn't have the pitching. Um, the Angels with Otani going down that was such a big injury for them. Mike Trout can't carry that team. Um, I don't see Houston going anywhere. And if there's anybody that's going to shut down the Yankees, it's going to be that pitching staff. And there, there are two guys from that pitching staff who the Yankees were, were courting, uh, Verlander and, and Cole. Uh, so kind of like a kryptonite, if you will. Uh, but the, I'm not surprised they're going to stay. I referenced the point – I'm sorry, I keep saying point. I referenced the run differential. Uh, and on top of that, they've also allowed the fewest runs in all of Major League Baseball. Um, the Mariners are a surprise team, perhaps the uh, second biggest surprise after the Braves. But, Tim, I agree that the pitching – but Seattle is, is nowhere near on the level of, of Houston. Houston's going to remain come October. Uh, already discussed the Braves in the NL, NL East. So let's go to the NL Central where there's actually a tie currently with the Cubs and the Brewers. Um, who's going to come out of that one on top come October, Aaron? Cubs or Brewers? Or go, Cubs, go. Go, Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Cubs going on Wednesday. There you go. Harry Carey, rest in peace. Go Cubs. And there's his very heavily researched analysis on why the Chicago Cubs <laughs> are going to win the NL Central. <laughs> Tim, what do you think about NL Central? 
Listen, man, the Brewers do this every single year. The Brewers are, are such a surprise team in the first half of the season. Granted, they got some uh, the, some better players. Christian Yelich came in, and he's having a monster season. I love that guy. Ryan Braun's flying under the radar. Uh, their pitching staff is better than expected. They have some good young talent. Uh, the shortstop is good. So the Brewers do this every year, and the Cubs are just going to outlast them and, and uh, overpower them both with their arms and their bats. So the Cubs, Cubs win that division. Uh, I, I think the Cubs have collectively one of the best young offensive cores in all of baseball. And uh, I, I agree with what the what you said about the Brewers, Tim. They, they're always around come, come the all-star break, and then they just fizzle away. So the Cubs will remain. Uh, in the West, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are currently in first place. Um, I am surprised. I'll leave this one off, Ellis. I am surprised because I did not expect the Dodgers to be this bad. Um, but I did pick Arizona as one of my two wildcard teams at the beginning of the season, so I did at least expect them to be a playoff contender, or in the playoffs, rather. Um, Aaron, Arizona Diamondbacks, surprised? Do they stay? Do they go? The Arizona Diamondbacks are going. The curse of Luis Gonzalez and his chewing gum that sold for like a bunch of money after he hit the what the hit in the World Series is going to come back to haunt. But they won the World Series. How is that board. a curse? They won. Yeah, because he sold it on like eBay for a bunch of money and didn't donate any anything to charity. So therefore, Arizona is going to lose. <laughs> What he puts in his mouth is his business, Aaron. <laughs> Listen, I oh, talked to my man. boy Puig, all right? I had my boy Puig. He's running for president. Um, I'm his VP. Go Dodgers. Puig Island 2020. All right, Tim. <laughs> well, I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but listen – Let's let's take a rewind to the very first time I was on this show talking baseball when we gave our preseason predictions. Rob, I like how you threw out there at the end, hey, I'm surprised, but it was my wild card pick. No, see, wild card picks don't count. You don't get to take ownership of a wild card pick, okay? That's a top out, all right? I told you the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to win that division and possibly, possibly represent the National League in the World Series. I said it preseason. I'm sticking with it, and they're doing this with Paul Goldschmidt having a down first half of the year. Wait for this guy to pick it up in the second half of the season. I promise you they take off, and they win this division by eight games. Wow, I haven't heard you this passionate about anything sports-related since the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA Finals. Oh, I'm not going to hey, touch what? that. Oh, let's go with let's go Donovan. Baby. Hey, 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 watch yourself. Watch yourself now. Hey, let, let me say something real quick, okay? I'm sorry, you brought it up, but I'm going to have to say this really, really quickly. Everybody's talking about LeBron and how LeBron has to face all these, these, these monster power teams. I know we're getting off the topic of baseball, but if y'all don't remember, Dirk Nowitzki had to take on Kobe Bryant, swept him. He beat James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and then beat... Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James in the finals. That's all I'm saying about that. That was a run for, that was a run for the ages. Dirk Nowinski is one of the best. Dirk, Dirk is one of the best forwards in the history of the NBA. He's uh, he's, he's top ten in scoring all time. 
I mean, I, I could go on and on about Dirk. He's one of my favorite players. That was an incredible run. Uh, you did go off topic, but I'll allow it. Dirk for president. Moving on. <laughs> 2024. He can be my uh, secretary of state. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, well, Tim, appreciate you coming on, talking a little, little baseball with us. We look forward to, to doing it again in the future. And uh, go, go, uh, go Yankees. All right, I look forward to giving more wrestling references the next time I'm invited. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> All, right. All right, Sam, thanks. <laughs> All right, and you're now left with the dynamic duo of Rob and Aaron, so hopefully we don't disappoint you for these last 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> what happened with Jimmy Kimmel and Ted Cruz? I was unaware of this situation because I've been living under a rock apparently, but Aaron, Jimmy Kimmel versus Ted Cruz, apparently they, they, they did a thing. What'd they do? Yeah, man. So, hey, so apparently, you know, hey, Jimmy Kimmel, Ted Cruz, they got some bad blood, um, you know. And so, you know, they, unlike my good friend Louis Gonzalez, said, hey, we'll play each other for, you know, $5,000 and we'll donate it to charity uh, because we're good, outstanding citizens, uh, unlike, again, Louis Gonzalez. Um, and so they decided to play a game of basketball. And two eleven. And surprise, surprise, Ted Cruz beat Jimmy Kimmel. And it was probably one of the saddest displays of basketball I've ever seen in my life. But the sad part is is that Jimmy Kimmel, who looked a hell of a lot more, uh, you know, athletic, took the L to, uh, you know, to Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz, you know, is, you came you came at it with so much energy to begin with and then you're just like yeah and that Ted Cruz is just you know Ted Cruz <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I'm not going to get into I, I, my <laughs> my distaste for Ted Cruz let's, so. let's, let's, let's please not make this a political podcast I, I don't I don't have the energy for that right now uh, but it, it was amusing. It was entertaining. I, I wish more celebrities would do things like this. I mean, I wish every beef were settled with a one-on-one basketball game, if you ask me. But, you know. Me too. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was entertaining. Um, let's uh, hey, but, um, give a, but another way to settle beef is to throw on some gloves and box it out. And so I do believe that you got them chewed up. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah we do. We have our, we have the the run the point official boxing guru correspondent whatever title he wants to have, um, and and I must add I must add that Austin is yet another Atlanta Braves fan. Wakanda forever. Man, mm. how about those Braves, man? Man, how about? <laughs> You better enjoy it, so, uh, because uh, as, as a hey, hey, hold on, I, I gotta I gotta say one thing. I gotta say one thing. I gotta say one thing. You better enjoy this Atlanta Braves season because I, I'm I'm a huge Saints fan, and come NFL time, the, the Falcons have no chance. But we'll leave that for another day. Right. Okay. We'll leave that for another day. But hey, chop on. How about that? <laughs> hey. So. Um, you know, we've had a lot going on recently uh, in the boxing world. Too. I'm me personally as a casual boxing fan. 
than I am. Um, we got two big, you know, fights coming this year, which I don't think we've, I mean, I don't think we've had two big fights of, of this caliber um, in a year and a while. I mean, maybe you can, you can fill me in on that and I might be wrong, but um, I definitely think now with this um, Triple G and Canelo fight and now, um, you know, Wilder, you know, getting hit up taken care of and um and Anthony Joshua. Um I I don't know. To me I'm just kinda like, bruh, it's September football season, heavyweight boxing matches, top notch contenders. I'm like, my weekend is gonna consist of me sitting at home doing absolutely nothing, flipping between football uh, and some good boxing. So hey, why don't you just go ahead and give us a quick rundown of what's going on uh, in the boxing world. Well, you know, uh, the last time we talked, you know, it's been a lot of, of rumors and, you know, a little bit of news and everything, like nothing too too exciting for us. You know, uh, we talked about the, the suspension of Canelo Alvarez and the cancellation of the fight between him and Triple G. But uh, I don't know if you have heard, they have now agreed to a bout part two on September 15th in Las Vegas. And this came to a big shocker to everybody, and we've been waiting for it. I'm pretty sure, I mean, with yourself being a casual fan, it's been something you've been waiting on. September 15th is a great day. I mean, we got college football kicking off around that time. Uh, NFL definitely rolling along. So why not on this nice Saturday night after you watch some, uh, you know, some Georgia Bulldogs take care of business, you know, you get to sit roll back high, and watch baby, the uh, Triple high. G and Canelo. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. But um, hey, I'm 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 excited for it. Uh, about time they got their act together, they decided. Uh, Triple G said he was going to move on um, from fighting Canelo uh, a second time, and Canelo was actually in negotiations to um, fight Danny Jacobs, and that would have been the exciting matchup. Uh, Danny Jacobs was in the ring last. Uh, he took care of business uh, out in his hometown of uh, Brooklyn. Uh, recently went to a um, a decision his way and everything. But uh, let's move right along. Canelo Triple G Part 2 is happening. I'm going to say that. It's definitely happening. It's signed, sealed, and it's going to happen. Just get uh, sit back and uh, wait and see what happens. Uh, Triple G, he's actually the favorite in this fight once again. And I don't think this time is actually going to go the entire fight. I think uh, Canelo might take a knee on this one. So, Ooh. that's a great thing. Yeah. That's my, that's my bold prediction. That's what I'm going with. I mean, Triple G, he's pretty pissed. I mean, if you think about it, this guy, Canelo, got busted for uh for the PEDs, you know, some Clembuterol and everything. So, I mean, how would you feel? A guy is actually taking some kind of uh some kind of supplement to help himself get better and everything. I mean, football. I mean, boxing is a very brutal sport, believe it or not. So you can take some of his life if you playing around like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I like it. Who else have you got going on in that world? Well, uh, today announced that uh, Adrian Broner, uh, four-time weight division champion, has, like, abruptly announced his retirement. Like, nobody's really believing it right now. Um, Adrian Broner has been making some alarming posts on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter. Um, It's been kind of concerning. So people are kind of concerned about his mental health and everything. He made some very – uh, suspect statements and everything, but uh, I don't think he's in a great place mentally. 
Uh, I would like for him to be in a great place mentally. He's an amazing fighter. He's an amazing show. I love to watch him fight. He's very entertaining. So for him to announce his retirement uh, is something that we have to take note of and just be aware that something is actually wrong with this guy. I mean, so first and foremost, I knew something wrong was with something was wrong with Adrian Bronner when uh, he started flushing all that money down the toilet. Um, first and foremost, so if you just think something's wrong with Bronner, um, everything he's done up to this has made me believe otherwise. Um, so, you know, I do understand, you know, mental health, not to make a joke out of all that stuff, but. I mean, the guy has got, you know, extremely talented, um, and I think his own lack of, um, you know, I don't know how to call it, but his own lack of taking things seriously uh, has been his own demise of his career. Um, I thought he could have been a hell of a lot better of a boxer um, than he was, um, and then he is, but, you know, sometimes to me, I just feel he doesn't take things as seriously as they need to be. Um, and, and so I do hope, you know, he finally finds whatever piece or reconcile he is. But I highly doubt um, he never steps in a ring again unless he has some serious, serious issues. So, Right. Um, I mean, uh, so last time we seen Adrian Broner, you know, he, he fought to a draw with Jesse Vargas and everything. So it was an amazing fight. It looked like uh, a classic Adrian Broner, uh, even though he still should have let his hands go and everything. But, yeah, he's not in a good place. We want him to be there, but hey, sometimes you gotta take care of yourself. We all know that the means of dollars doesn't really mean anything when it comes to your health and everything. So, hey, I wish Adrian Broner the best, and he takes care of himself, and he's there for his family. That's 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 what I have to say about that. So, so but uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah. So my other big, you know, this this Wilder versus Joshua fight. That's like that's like. Triple G, Canelo's one, like, this is 1B for me. I mean, because these are two, like, heavyweights, and I ain't seen a good, you know, solid heavyweight fight in some years. Um, so kind of, you know, give, a, give me the rundown, give us the rundown of what's going on between Wilder, Joshua, um, and kind of some bold predictions when you're in the, you know, initially what you think might may or may not happen. Well, uh, as a as a diehard boxing fan, it's, it's frustrating with what they got going on right now because it's a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth. Last time I told you that uh, you know, Joshua's team offered Deontay Wilder $12.5 million for a potential fight in the U.K. Um, they're looking for a venue still. Uh, Deontay Wilder countered with a $50, $50 million rematch, no rematch clause fight. But Anthony Joshua has been concerned because he hasn't fought in the United States, so he feels that the judges will be biased towards him and everything. Like, I don't believe it. Like, come on, man, you're a top fighter, you know. But for those of us who knows about Deontay Wilder, that KO rate is uh, is very high. So we all expect the Anthony Joshua to not go the distance with this guy and, and expect the judges to be against him. So it's like, come on, man, you're, you're, you're a big-time champ, heavyweight champion, unified heavyweight champion, you need to be going in there acting like a champion and say that, hey, I'm coming in your backyard and I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to win this fight. But for the most part, Eddie Hearn, his promoter, has been doing most of the talking and everything, so it's not a good look. You're sitting in the shadows saying little whispering things and everything, saying, oh, yeah, I want this, I want this, I want this, but your promoter is not making you look good. But I'll tell you one thing, those U.K. fans, they're really backing their guy. 
they are really backing Anthony Joshua, and they're making sure they're going to stick behind him because they think that he's going to come in and he's going to do his thing against Deontay Windmill Wilder, as they call him. So, um, but uh, there was a an, uh, an agreement by Deontay Wilder's team, and he has agreed to fight Anthony Joshua in the UK. They're looking to fight in Cardiff, Wales, because it holds an extremely amount of people. We're talking about eighty eighty thousand plus. So this is it's a lot of eyes on this man. This fight is going to be massive. I would like to see it happen. I would like them to iron out the details and make it work and make it happen. That's what we're waiting on. So as of now, Wilder has accepted the offer from Anthony Joshua. They will fight in the UK. We're looking around in October time frame due to the fact that Canelo and Triple G Part 2 has been agreed for a September time frame. So Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua's promoter, feels as if that it's going to take away the views and everything, take the heat off of their fight, so they're going to push it back. But he also came back and said that my fighter needs more than an eight-week camp. Six to eight weeks is the a right amount of time for a fighter to get in the camp and be prepared for his next fight, six to eight weeks. So what we're saying is he's taking this much time to prepare for Deontay Wilder and to find a way to, like, squeak out a win against this guy. I don't think it's going to happen. That's, so your prediction, knockout what round? I'm going to say round – I'm going to go round 10. Round Ooh, 10. Okay. So, uh, so you got to go in some – Pretty pretty deep. It's it's going to be a deep fight. Uh, if you look at Deontay Wilder's last fight, it went to the uh, eleventh round and everything, and that was it was a great fight um, against Luis Ortiz and everything. So, for somebody to be as skilled as Luis Ortiz, Anthony Joshua is probably one of the next skillful fighters in the heavyweight division. So it's going to be a tough fight for Deontay Wilder. I mean, without a doubt, it's going to be a tough fight, but. KO, 10 rounds. That's my prediction. Okay, okay. I like that. You got anything you want to chime in with, Rob? Uh, so a couple more I'm things. Just, uh, I'm, so recently I'm we just, just watched uh, – okay, so we just watched Errol Spence Jr. Uh, he fought against uh, Luis Ocampo out of Mexico. First round KO by body shot. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, Errol Spence is pretty much like the considered the new number one welterweight champion right now. Uh, Keith Thurman has been very inactive and everything with all his injuries and all that. But you got Errol Spence right now who's saying that I am the best welterweight right now. At the same time, Terrence Bud Crawford, who just moved up from junior welterweight, has defeated Jeff Horn to take the WBO welterweight title. And that was his calling and welcome out party to the welterweight division moving up. At first, I was a little skeptical about Terrence Crawford, but he showed that how he, he's very skillful. I mean, this guy's amazing. And we're looking at a future fight between Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. Now, there's going to be some obstacles in the way because they both fight on different networks and they both have different promoters. But 2019 is going to be the next big fight out there. We're not going to hear about Triple G Canelo or Wilder and Joshua. Start listening now for Earl Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Who's going to be the king of the welterweight division? That's that's my last thing I want to throw out there. Also, um, 
Now uh, I'm back home in Atlanta, Georgia now, so uh, you can always catch me at the Champions Boxing Gym out in uh, Jonesboro, Georgia, off the Terra Boulevard. It's ran by Mr. Chris Scott. I'm out there helping the kids learn some boxing, helping individuals get their boxing game up and want to lose weight and everything. So I'm definitely in that boxing gym doing some work. Okay. All right. So, hey, y'all in the A, make sure you go check out Austin. Hey, get uh, get that work in. Everybody knows shit about boxing. <laughs> what you got for us? Hey, I was just going to simply say one sentence as uh, the most novice and casual boxing fan, I'm just glad to hear that all these fights that were up in the air, or, you know, for the most part, these fights that were up in the air are actually happening. I'm also glad to hear that there are some up-and-coming fighters. Uh, so I'm going to start paying more attention and uh, become a boxing fan. You have my word. All right. Hey, hey, so well, one last thing. So, Let me throw this out there. Uh, they they got one more fight coming up. It's for the uh, WDC vacant welterweight title between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. Uh, for those of y'all that might know, Keith Thurman previously used to be the WBC champion, but he vacated that fight, uh, that title. So now they're going to be fighting for this title, and the winner of that is going to be possibly facing Earl Spence later on this year. Gotcha. All right, so I so I went ahead and, and pulled up. So this is kind of what we got Saturday, September fifteenth. Mark your date on your calendar because we're gonna have some pretty pretty solid. It's gonna be a good day for me sitting in front of the TV. I'm probably getting some weight. Uh, so we have some key games. All right, college football wise, we got LSU versus Auburn, and then. You know, starting at, you know, 12.30 Pacific time. And then the follow-up with that one of another big game. Here you go, Rob. Rob, can go check out ODU at Charlotte. I'm not going to Ohio, <laughs> Ohio State versus TCU, prime time. USC versus Texas, prime time. Play. It's going to be a pretty – a uh, pretty big game. Alabama at Old Miss. A uh, you know, Austin's Georgia. You know, they got Cupcake U, Middle Tennessee, um, in Georgia and <laughs> Athens. You know, so hey, Saturday, and then you know, to follow it up, you got Triple G and Canelo. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a pretty big weekend. Um, overall, for me, just sitting at home, uh, not doing anything with my life. So <laughs> hey, hey, uh, and, you know, and, 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 and I also. I also want to point out that the very the very next day, the New Orleans Saints will make light work of the Cleveland Browns, and I will be there for that game. And that is just a, a warm up for the following week's game in Atlanta versus the Falcons, in which I will be there as well. So that's, that's hey, all I care about. Hey. Oh, we gotta we gotta get a we gotta get a Robin Austin run the point meetup happening that Saturday night before the game. Um, oh, so yeah, actually, wow, that Sunday that's that's gonna be a pretty big game for me. So good thing um, my Pats take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, and so in Jacksonville. So I, but it is the late game, so I will have plenty of time to recover from my hangover from the night of or the day before sports. So, <laughs> nonetheless, 
thanks again, gentlemen, for yet another awesome episode of Run the Point. We got to get back on our regular schedule. So, um, you know, thank you for everyone who's listened in and called in as well. Hey, go Braves, Wakanda forever. Um, you know, we all good over here. I'm about to go pop some more champagne and celebrate again. Uh, I got the curries coming over for dinner. <laughs> uh, yep. We'll be back at it next Tuesday, your regularly scheduled show. And thanks again. Peace. Peace.